Welcome back to Coach A's Take It or Leave It. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the last episode about Kenyon Drake. If you haven't heard it yet, go ahead and uh, check it out before you listen to this one. Uh, at least it'll give you kind of an intro into what it's all about. It's only about a 13-minute episode, uh, so you can pause this one, listen to it, and be right back to this one. On today's episode, we're going to keep it short and sweet just like we did last time, uh, but we're going to go ahead and break down Austin Hooper and uh, why you should be trading him away, and then I'll, I'll give you the player that I think you should be trading him away for, which might actually end up be, being more of the hot take than than you should actually trade away Austin Hooper. Um you know, I, I know that there's some people that kind of fell in love with him last season, but I haven't heard too much hype on him. Now, he is going as the the number nine tight end in uh, Dynasty Startups, and then I was looking at the redraft rankings just to see what people were thinking for 2020, and he's the number nine tight end in 2020 redraft rankings as well. So, I mean, it, it kind of seems like that's where, where people kind of have him, and uh you know, obviously, it's probably the landing spot. You know, people were kind of hoping he was either going to stay with the the Falcons or go to a place that really needed a tight end, or you know, didn't have a lot of options. And obviously, that's not necessarily where he landed. But still, top twelve uh, ranked tight end, nonetheless, number nine. Uh, you know, uh, there's plenty of people out there that could probably use the number nine tight end on their team. So, let's dive right in. Okay, so if we look at his 2019 season, which was obviously obviously pretty good, I believe at one point, maybe by mid-season, he was actually the tight end one overall. But if we if we look at those weeks and break them down, he actually had about half of his points, actually a little bit more than half of his points from three weeks. So his season total points. Now, I know he missed three games, of course, but uh, still – he was the tight end one, the tight end two, and the tight end three in, in weeks uh, three, four, and six. So, you know, right there, that kind of tells you or, you know, kind of explains how he had such a great season. But, you know, it was, it was really just kind of those three games. Not to say that he didn't have other good weeks. Uh, you know, he was the fifth overall tight end in week one. But the second half of the season when he came back from his injury uh, was – not nearly as good. So you know, that could have been injury related thing. Uh, his snap share was down a little bit. It could have been that, you know, they shipped out Muhammad Sanu and he started getting a little bit more, uh, you know, actual coverage sent his way. And, uh, you know, then he was struggling with it. The reason why I say that is because I found an article on uh, pro football focus and it said that Austin Hooper dating back to 2016 ranks last in receiving grade against man coverage among the 10 players with 500 or more routes versus man coverage over that stretch. If you extend that out to tight ends with 250 or more routes, he ranks 30th out of 41 tight ends in that time period. Pretty much in man coverage, like if someone's actually covering him, he's not doing very well. In fact, he's one of the worst tight ends out there. Um, you know, I think, and, and in fact, you know, in that same article, they were basically saying that he was doing as well as he was because he was just being left wide open. Um, and, and not to say that that can't happen in other places, but, you know, that's uh, that, that might be more of like a luck thing more than, uh, you know, something that you can actually count on for the 2020 season. So now he's over with the Browns. He's now the highest paid tight end. You know, I don't know how long that's going to last for. I'm sure there's going to be some tight ends coming up soon that'll, you know, be, be getting some pretty good paydays. But for now, he's the highest paid tight end in the NFL. And so, you know, they're probably going to want to use him. They're not going to pay him, I think it was $44 million uh, to just sit on the on the bench. That's not going to happen. But we learned a lot from uh, Kevin Stefanski last season with the Vikings. 
And we saw that he liked to use two tight end sets, the second most in the league, only behind Philadelphia, which we all know what happened with Philly. And they kind of had to use their tight ends like that, uh, you know, even if they didn't want to. So Stefanski used two tight end sets, the second most in the league, which was 54.8% of the time in uh, in Minnesota. I would actually say that, you know, he has a better situation or better tight ends in uh, Cleveland than he did in Minnesota in Hooper and David Njoku. So there's a chance, I, you know, I, obviously I can't say exactly what he's going to do, but I'd say there's a chance that they're actually going to run two tight end sets more often in Cleveland than they did over in, uh, in Minnesota. And I mean, it, it's kind of the same thing where they're going to want to run the ball, but they're going to be running a lot of those two tight end sets. The thing is, is Austin Hooper and David Njoku aren't really known for their blocking. So if they're running two tight end sets, it feels like there's a good chance that they're actually going out for passes more than they're actually, you know, staying in and blocking. Not to say that they won't, but neither one of them grade very well on that prospect. So you're probably wondering who I'm saying you should trade Austin Hooper for. Well, the funny thing is I'm actually saying to trade for his teammate, David Njoku. Um, I really haven't put it out there that much, but I I did make a post on Twitter uh, about a week ago or so uh, saying it was at, right after they picked up his fifth-year option. And, you know, people kind of soured on Njoku because they picked up his fifth-year option. And they said, you know, you know, he's stuck behind Hooper. So, uh, you know, now it's another year being stuck behind Hooper. But the truth is, I don't think he's going to be stuck behind Hooper. Like I said, you know, they're going to be running two tight end sets more often than not. You know, more than half the time, they're going to be running two tight end sets. And so Njoku's going to be on the field quite a bit. Maybe not as much as Hooper, because like I said, Hooper's the highest paid tight end in the league. Uh, so, you know, not quite as much. But, you know, Hooper was seeing about a 80% timeshare when he was in Atlanta. You know, there's no guarantee. Uh, there's no guarantee he's going to be up in the 80s in Cleveland. But, you know, even if he is, let's say he's at 80% and Njoku's at 55%, you know, is, is that really that big of a difference to where you could say that, you know, uh, one's just completely that much better than the other one. So the reason why I'm bringing up Njoku is because whether you're looking at dynasty or redraft purposes for 2020, Njoku's going about 28th, 29th, 30th in rankings and uh, dynasty startup uh, ADP. So you're talking about the difference between the ninth overall uh, tight end in ADP and the 28th overall in uh, April ADP. So obviously you're getting them at a huge discount and it kind of turns into the same trade that I was talking about last week where, uh, you know, I looked at it on a couple calculators once again, just to kind of get it, you know, gauge uh, the public interest and, and see what the public would think. And it said that you could get uh, Njoku and 201 for Austin Hooper. So, you know, once again, we kind of went over it last week, but you know, you're talking about uh, possibly Jalen Rager, uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, Denzel Mims. I mean, if you're a Ruggs fan, Henry Ruggs, Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of guys that are going around that spot, especially in Superflex leagues, that you could be adding on top of Njoku. Now, you're probably saying, okay, but, you know, like, I need to win. I'm, I'm contending this year, so I need to win, right? All right, so let's just look. Once again, like I said, their, their rankings for the 2020 redraft league are, are pretty similar. They're basically the ninth and the 30th uh, overall tight ends. But I can't imagine that Njoku actually ends or finishes the season as the 30th overall tight end. First of all, I don't even think there's that many tight ends that are actually going to touch the ball <laughs> in the league. And secondly, you know, you're talking about the 30th overall tight end uh, had 50 points last season. So if Njoku's on the field, 
55 percent of the time you know around 50 percent of the time like there's just no way he's going to have 50 points next season it's just not going to happen you know those kind of guys were either guys that were injured the, the guys that were around that 50 point mark you know they they were guys with injuries they were guys uh that you know didn't see the field very often they were rookies you know there, there was a lot of different things and if you look at who's in between Austin Hooper and David Njoku there's not that many players that I really think are going to take like massive leaps from last season a lot of people you know a lot of people really big into Noah Fant well Noah Fant got a lot of uh, a lot of competition going his way uh, this season as well so there's no guarantee that he's going to make a giant leap I like Noah Fant but there's a lot more mouths to feed in uh, Denver and you're talking about a second year quarterback that played five games last season so you know there's a lot of up in the air in Denver as well uh at, at 15th last year you have Greg Olson who's now with Seattle you know has to learn a new offense at 35 years old not too worried about him you have Jack Doyle who could be something but we just don't know how exactly Philip Rivers is going to use him if Philip Rivers can even throw the ball anymore from what we saw um, obviously Evan Ingram ended up 19th last season you know who knows what's going to happen with him if he's going to play two games or 12 games or you know how many games he's actually going to play Ryan Griffin from the Jets. Uh, I guess you could say Chris Herndon if he actually comes back. You know, either one of them. Not too concerned about it. I think, you know, th that offense is going to take a next step. But once again, you know, how much is the tight end actually going to do anything there? Th I'm thinking that maybe Njoku could be, like, realistically be around that, like, 16th tight end overall. And obviously that's not going to be as good as the ninth tight end overall. I think he could hit that ninth tight end overall just because of his touchdown upside. If he doesn't, if he doesn't have a crazy amount of touchdowns or anything, I, I do think he could realistically be around that 16th tight end overall, which last season was Noah Fant with 71 point. Okay, so I just realized that my computer had reset my, uh, the numbers I was looking at uh, to standard. So I just switched it back to PPR. <laughs> and so if we, if we look at the number nine tight end uh, last season, he scored 150.2 points. If we look at the number 16 tight end, which was Noah Fant, he got 111 points. You're talking about a difference of 2.45 points per game between the ninth uh, ranked tight end and the 16th. Now, I think that's kind of like the baseline. I think that's where, you know, they might end up. And, and honestly, I kind of think Hooper might end up lower than that just based off of what I've, you know, reading before about how terrible he is against man coverage. I don't think he's going to be getting just like open fields like he was before. But I kind of feel like in Joku's baseline, is is kind of right around that 111 points. I mean, you're talking about that's only 6.9 points per week, a little bit more than that. We know that Njoku is a red zone monster, and we know that he has a better vertical than just about anyone in the NFL. So obviously, you know, he's going to be used in the red zone. And Hooper might, you know, Hooper was actually pretty good in the red zone last year. So, you know, I think they're they're both going to, you know, have that job and they're both going to be out there, especially in the red zone. But if Njoku just catches a touchdown. I mean, every other week. I mean, that's that's your points right there. Just one catch and a touchdown, and you've already met your points that you need to get to 16th overall, 111 points. And then the other weeks where he doesn't catch a touchdown, you know, all he needs is is three catches for 30 yards. Point is, like, it's not that difficult for him to get to those points. And being that he is a red zone threat, he can easily score the touchdowns to get you to around there. If if I'm able to trade away Austin Hooper, who at least pro football focus thinks isn't very good uh, regardless of what the Browns are paying them, then 
I think that I'm making that trade and getting my Denzel Mims share or my Justin Jefferson share or my Keyshawn Vaughn share. And I'm going to be happy with it. You know, yeah, I might lose a couple points a week by doing that. I don't really think that's going to make or break my, uh, my dynasty team for this season. You know, I don't think it's going to be the difference between me winning a championship or not. You know, honestly, like if you're relying on your tight end, then your team's probably not that good. I don't like, I kind of always tend to punt tight end. I guess maybe that's why I'm making this podcast right now, because I don't really care about the ninth tight end. So unless I have like the first, the second or the third tight end, then I don't really care. And I would be just as happy with the 16th overall tight end as I would with the ninth, because I don't think it's going to matter. I'm going to, you know, how many games a season do you really lose by a point, lose by two points? Yeah, it happens every once in a while. I don't think the tight end position is really going to be the difference in, in you, you know, like I said, winning or, or losing your league, especially if you can get a, a nice young player and, and fill, you know, some roster needs that way. Like I said, if you, you can get a Keyshawn Vaughn, you might actually be able to use him this season. Denzel Mims, I think, is actually going to be on the field, you know, could possibly win the, the number one wide receiver job right out the gate or shortly thereafter. And you might be able to use him down the stretch. Obviously, we know rookies take time and you know, this season might be even worse. But, you know, by the time you actually get to your championship run, you might have another player that you can actually use on top of Njoku. And so, yeah, you're losing a couple of points at the tight end position, but you actually, you know, gained a few points at wide receiver position. Now you might be asking yourself, why exactly are you saying that David Njoku is better than Austin Hooper? And the truth is, I really wish that Njoku had a 2019 season so that we could actually compare the two seasons uh, next to each other. But in 2018, which was Austin Hooper's third season and David Njoku's second season, they actually had extremely similar years. Now, Njoku played one less game than Hooper. I think he had a knee injury. I don't really remember. Um, but I, I, I want to say that he had a knee injury some sometime like late in the season. They ended up with almost the same exact amount of targets, 88 versus 89. Um, similar target shares, 14.6 for Hooper, 16.9% for Njoku. Uh, similar red zone target shares, Similar end zone target shares. Njoku's was a little bit better. Now, Hooper had more receptions. He had 71 receptions to Njoku's 56. But they had very similar receiving yards, 660 versus 640. So, oh, and they also had, uh, both had four touchdowns in 2018. Hooper had 10.1 fantasy points per game. And Njoku had 9.6. So extremely similar seasons. Like I said, that was Njoku's second season as a 21-year-old tight end, you know, just coming into the NFL. And that was Hooper's third season. Now, we also know they're on different teams at that point. So Hooper was getting the ball thrown to him by a, a possible Hall of Fame quarterback and Matt Ryan. And and Joku was getting a ball thrown to him by a rookie quarterback in Mayfield, who I love, but he's still a rookie. And they had Hugh Jackson as their coach. So I'm just saying there, there was a lot of odds going against Njoku, and he still had a pretty good season. Like I said, I wish that I had the 2019 season to go off of with Njoku, but unfortunately he had that concussion and broken wrist on the same play and you know basically missed the entire year because of it. Um, so not too much that we can base anything off of as far as 2019 is concerned. 
but now you have Njoku who's about to be 24. You have Hooper who's going to be 26 this year. And Njoku just really like beats him in every aspect, whether you're talking about athleticism, whether you're talking about production, you know, like per, per route, per catch. Uh, yards after the catch I mean there's just there's so many things that he, that he beats him and I really do think that Njoku has a chance to score more points than Hooper this season now that might be a hot take and I guess that's kind of what this show is all about but um, I do think there's a chance it might be a small chance but there's a chance that he that he can do that so this might be one of what people might consider one of my more hot takes because I'm basically telling you to go trade for the backup of a player uh, but I, I hopefully you, you understand my reasoning for it and uh, it doesn't sound too crazy. If you're able to make that trade or if you're willing to make that trade, let me know. Uh, I'd love to hear from you and, and see what you ultimately got, whether it was a pick or, or another player or anything like that. Um, and obviously it doesn't have to be in Joku either. You know, you could trade Hooper for somebody else. I just, I guess my whole point is I'm not overly excited about Hooper, but I love Njoku as a prospect. So I would love to get him on my team. Actually, I already have him on basically every league that I have. But, you know, if I didn't, I would love to get him. And I think especially at his age, like, you know, he could be on your team for, for another decade, uh, winning you championships at that point. And if he does start blowing up soon, it's going to be a lot more difficult to, to get him. You know, even if he gets that tight end 16 season, you know, it might, you know, his, his price is going to be quite a bit higher than it is right now. So. Like I said, let me know if, if you're able to make any of those moves and whether you love it or hate it, you got to take it or leave it. 